0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Keeping Up With Craft, a quick conversation in which we try to help you keep up with the craft CMS world by highlighting cool stuff that happened that we think is worth a look. As always, I'm Michael Rogg. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. And this is episode 8, the Happy Birthday Edition. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday <laughs> to you. Andrew is turning the big 3-0 today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 3O is a distant memory let me plus,
0: tell you plus some some coefficient uh 3.0 3- <laughs> plus c um so since it's your birthday we should start off by talking about a bunch of stuff that you built Sure. Uh, so let's just run down the list because you have been a busy boy lately uh the first thing that uh that piqued my interest is your new plugin Retour.
1: yep So, and a lot of this stuff has come out of real-world projects that I've been working on. Um, So, you know, that's why I've done a bunch of stuff on this lately. Um, But essentially, Retour is a plugin to uh, intelligently handle your URL redirects, um, so that when you're building a new craft site uh, from some lousy old .NET site or whatever, um, that you won't lose the SEO value. Uh, because the URLs are probably going to be radically different, right? I mean, you might have something like, example website I've been using is a recipe website. And the URL pattern might be like, recipe ID equals 52, right? And you're rebuilding that in craft, so it's going to have nice SEO-friendly uh, URLs that will be something like, uh, slash recipes, slash mom's apple pie, or, you know, something like that. And Retour uh, will allow you to redirect those things, uh, even though the URLs are very dissimilar, uh, because it has a field type built into it that you then attach to your new entries in Craft, and you can set defaults for the field type of what pattern uh, it should be matching. So it can uh, look for the old... Uh, URL pattern. And it can also, because it's a field type, it has access to the data that is in your entries, right? So you can import the old recipe ID from the old site, and you can include that in the pattern that you're looking for. Um, and that's how it kind of does its uh, its matching
0: of very dissimilar uh, URLs. Okay, so I guess the hardest way to do that would be to bring up your server config and chunk a thousand. Redirect statements. Please don't do that. Redirect rules, you know, for every article. I have definitely seen that happen before on projects. No, 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 but that is horrible. That's not a sane way to do anything.
1: No, 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 no. that's horrible. If you you have just a few redirects, or if you have redirects that um, can be matched via a regular expression, then by all means, put them in your .htaccess file or even better, in your .conf file. But if you have hundreds or thousands of redirects, please do not put those uh, in your server config because that's going to slow Apache down for every request as it has to go through those matching rules. Yeah, sure. And Um, and
0: more than that even, um, all of that logic then is sort of out of reach of any of your content editors or your SEO people or, you know, a developer who's just coming onto the project um, you know, it's sort of hidden away and easy to forget. And I like the idea of having that, those, that pattern matching live in each entry of the CMS so that each entry knows yep. how it was represented in a legacy system. Um, of course you mentioned, uh, it also does static redirects too.
1: Yeah, sure. So if you have just a particular page that needs to be redirected, um, or it also does regular expression matching. So if you have uh, you know, a pattern that you want, um, you can add that just as a static redirect. Um, and this is something kind of cool that um, you might be interested in. It also lets other plugins write their own redirect logic, hmm. right? So let's say you're doing a custom site um, and it has some kind of, of redirect that needs to be done. Maybe you have to connect to an external database or you have to do something fancy with it, um, anyone can write their own plugin that makes a method available to Retor that it will call it, it'll pass down all the information it has uh, about the redirect and then you return what the URL should be that it redirects to. So it can actually do some pretty cool uh, custom stuff uh, in that regard too. Um, And getting back to the the field type real quick, One other kind of neat thing about it is, you know, okay, so let's say that you need uh, more than one URL pattern redirected to the same entry. You can just add another Retour field type to that entry. So you could have two of them. So you could have two distinct URL patterns that are then redirected to that entry, and you can do whatever you want with that. One of the other requirements I had for this thing was that it would be performant. So I made sure to try and do smart things in terms of how it accesses the database for this stuff. Um, And it also caches every resulting redirect. So if it's already matched a redirect in terms of where it should go, you know, whether it's a regex match or matched via plugin or whatever, it saves that with a hash in Crafts cache, uh, which can, can be using memcache or whatever it's configured to use. Uh, and it will just immediately return it. So there won't even be any database accesses once it has already determined what a particular uh, URL pattern is going to be. Uh,
0: the thing that stood out to me with respect to performance, because there's several sort of redirect managers out there for Craft, um, and a lot of them are very full-featured, but what I like about Retour is that it only attaches its logic to a 404, right? right. So a lot of them will kind of spin up their... Path matching logic on every request, like in a somewhere early in the the session, and um, it's not a, a huge impact, but it is an impact there on time to first byte sometimes. But Retour only uh, spins itself up if the system encounters a 404, which is kind right. of a nice optimization, right? Uh,
1: and it also does keep track of any 404s that happen, uh, and it does that in a reasonable way too. It's not a new entry for every 404. It tracks them by uh, URL so that you can install it. And then you can look and you'll be able to see if there are any uh, URL patterns that are 404ing on your site that you may have missed. Um, and Then you can just go back in there and add them.
0: Uh, so moving on to your new recipe plugin, <laughs> sort, of, sort of a niche use case, but I took a look and it looks just really slick. Um, are are you I know everybody when they look at this recipe plugin are going to want to know what project did he build this for? Are you allowed to tell us um I don't know if I'm allowed to
1: tell you or not um okay. so I won't tell you okay. <laughs> um but basically, we're rebuilding a celebrity chef website okay, and they have a ton of recipes that they want to bring over and one of the uh suggestions that I made because i'm a an s e o freak is that we probably should have some really good microdata for this, right? Because Google will actually show the recipe in context uh, on their search engine results page with a little picture of it, a rating, all that kind of good stuff, if you have the right SEO microdata in there. Sure, and um, Pinterest
0: Pinterest also makes use of that microdata, Pinterest yeah. being the real king of recipe search right now right and it's it's a really nice user experience when a recipe has that metadata there i imagine it takes quite a bit of work to put that json ld together um, unless you have a really good content management tool
1: yeah i mean it's it's
0: not terrible but a lot of people are still at the the stage of json what you know (laughs) so this recipe field type gives you uh kind of a nice UI for entering in the ingredients and the instructions and the yep. nutrition info. Yep. Um and then you just sort of serve up a model to the template so that yes. the template dev can uh can yeah. iterate through all that stuff or just yeah. output a nice JSON blob.
1: Yeah, it just uh it encapsulates pretty much everything you would need in terms of the recipe, everything that is needed to generate the microdata uh for the search engine results page. And the other kind of cool thing it does is it will do metric to imperial conversion. Mm-hmm. So you can tell it, you know, I want this recipe output in metric, or I want this in imperial, and it will take care of the conversion. Oh, wow. Um, and it will also do portion size conversion, right? Mm-hmm. So I want this for eight people. It will recalculate the ingredients list and what you need for it. I mean, that's basically it. If you need recipes, it's great. If you don't, you have zero interest in it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be watching
0: <laughs> the announcements channel in Slack now for celebrity chef websites and everyone will know that uh that it was you uh but of course if you are uh if, if you dear developer are rebuilding your own celebrity chef website you will want to check out the recipe plugin and, and both of these are at your github right github slash ny studio 107 you got it um all right let's talk about your generator because that got some updates recently as well
1: yep so a lot of people or a decent number of people are aware of my pluginfactory.io website, which is basically just a nice web front end to a yeoman generator that I made that does uh that builds craft plugins, right? Um analogous to that is a plugin that I made that does uh craft installs. And it's a yeoman generator, just like the uh the craft plugin is a yeoman generator. And basically the idea is that you type yo craft install, you type in the name of your project, and then you go get a cup of coffee. Then you come back, and it will have downloaded craft, Uh, it will delete any default files that you don't want, like the example templates that nobody uses, Um, and you can also provide it as many template files as you want, whether it's a you know, a bower.json that you use for every install, or a gulp file that you use for every install, Uh, default templates that you use all the time, macros, you know, whatever, Uh, and it will run those through uh, what's called EJS, which is a, uh, it's Effective JavaScript Templating, Um, and all that really means is that the name that you typed in for this project, it can then substitute that all over the place in the, the templates that it's parsing. So it will be customized to this new project that you're working on. Um, it will download whatever base plugins that you use on every stall, uh, install. It will optionally create a, uh, a git repo for everything and push your final result to it. Um, it fixes all of the permissions properly for the craft install runs bower install, bower install, npm install, you know, it does all this crazy stuff. And the idea is that when you come back from your cup of coffee, you have a new craft environment with all of the base templates and config files and development tools and everything that you need to get going. Um, And it will even dump a SQL database into your new project. So, you know, you might uh, do a craft install set up a bunch of fields that you're going to use everywhere then dump that database and you can have that restored with every new project you create and the end result is that you hit the ground running right because your custom environment is there and is ready for you to go
0: you know I I think automation like this is really scary to a lot of people um, because of just all of the different options for the tools that that you could use and just kind of the process of learning about automation and getting started is, is sort of intimidating sometimes Sure, And so I think this is going to be a really good starting point for folks to kind of just download and play with. For the longest time, I was intimidated at the idea of automating my setup like this. Um, but man, once I did just the hours and hours and hours that it, it saves me, I mean, I I do probably 50 sites a year. You know, at first I thought, meh, it takes me, what, 45 minutes to set up a new site, maybe half an hour, like... Is is that time savings really going to be worth it? But then you right. multiply that out, you know, over months and years, and it's a lot of hours uh, that you can then productively apply elsewhere, or that give you better margins when you're charging for your your dev work. Um, and so I, I highly, highly advocate, folks, even you know, if you feel like you are just a really beginner developer, that's that's the time, right? Is when yep. you're just getting started. Learn to tool up. To make your life easy, and you'll just you know multiply the impact that it has down the road.
1: Yeah, and this is something that you you can use it out of the box. Um, but the really cool thing about it is I I broke out the configurations so you can create as many different install types as you like, right? So it ships with a basic Craft install which doesn't do a whole lot other than uh, set up like a nice multi-environment config and download Craft. And it also ships with an advanced install that downloads a bunch of plugins and does some other fancy stuff. But the real idea is that you're going to make your own, right? Right. Um, You're going to make your own setup of the stuff that you want. And you can call it whatever you want. And you can make as many of them as you want. So that when you sit down and you type, Yo, craft install, you just, you know, go down to the particular type of install that you want, hit return, and it just does everything for you. And I agree with you that, you know, with any tool it's you know how much time does it take to learn the tool versus how much time does it save me Um, this is something that has saved me a ton of time it's letting the computer do what computers are good at right computers are good at doing uh, very rote tasks and I know a lot of people that they either pull down a git repo and then they change stuff or they copy over some files and then they change it um, but that actually is something that humans are not very good at because you have to go in there and make sure that you change the name everywhere you're supposed to change it and that you copied all the files over that you were supposed to copy. Yeah. Uh, and people screw that up. You know, I screw that up all the time. That's one of the reasons I wrote
0: this. Well, and <laughs> and more than just error prevention, I think um, tooling up in this way also gives you a lot of good intuition about how things change over time. You know, if yep. if you clone this down and then you've got your configs and your templates all sitting in your own repository and you're committing changes to them then you can kind of go back and see how your base install changes over time um, yep. and, and there's some uh, some nice intuition that can come from that so uh, everybody go check out the craft install generator on your github right? github you got s- it. slash nystudio107 it's all there and it's all the same price free 95 <laughs> um yeah, that's that's so, quite a quite a couple of weeks that you had. Yeah, tell me about it. can Con, I my man. understanding
1: is you uh you worked on a little color or something or other. Yeah,
0: so I have my new hue uh color field type. It replaces the craft color picker and uh the two advantages that it has over the the stock color field type uh is that it allows a text input and uh and that's nice for folks who just want a quick way to input a color. But the big advantage and, and the reason that motivated me to write it in the first place is that it allows a true empty value. Uh, and so you can unset the color, um, or if you don't set it in the first place, um, then you what you get is a true null. And so, Wait a minute. Um, I was
1: about to ask you, is this null? It is, it is definitely null. What is with is... you and null? Like, everything is null with you. So a... Are you a nullalist?
0: i am I am a, a nullist yeah <laughs> um I think the the stock color picker, if you don't set a color, defaults to black um uh, and there's some other color picker replacement plugins out there that when you don't set a color, it defaults to an empty string hmm. um well, black is definitely gonna be an erroneous value if what you really want is no color, right because right. then in your templates, you're checking for black. You're checking against the string, the hex value for black. And, well, what if the color that I want is black? How do I differentiate when I want black from when I don't want black because they're the same value? And even if if you change that and you improve that to an empty string, um, you're still not able to do sort of really nice, clean template logic like null coalescing because uh, you've got to do a string check on every color value. Um, And so the reason I built it was that I have kind of this uh, several layer deep system of theme colors and fallback theme colors uh, Mm. on a number of projects for one of my clients. And I want an easy way to say, all right, well, if this entry has a color, then use that. And if not, then use, you know, some section default. And if not, then use some uh, site-wide default, right? And I wanted to do that in one line of code. Really cleanly. Well, if I've got to check each one to see if it is equal to the string 000000, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 then that just gets really cumbersome. And so I wrote this color picker replacement uh, to give myself a, the ability to have an empty color field that has a true null value. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's a little tool, but if you work with colors in your CMS, then hopefully it'll be nice for you.
1: Does it support uh, the keyword transparent? for setting the colors? Or would there ever be a case where you would want that?
0: Um, you know, so transparent in this case, I guess means no color. Uh, so you could use a no color to mean transparent. In terms of opacity, uh, it doesn't. But I have thought about adding the opacity slider into the color picker. For yep. right now, my preference has been to just add a slider field alongside the color field and to have those be you know, two distinct values, so that uh, you know I can take a, a base color and yeah. transform it into several different versions of opacity. Right. Very cool.
1: Um, so I think we also need to talk about. Yeah, we would some, be remiss competition if,
0: if we did not mention Soul Space Calendar. Soul Space yeah. Calendar was a absolutely monumental release, extraordinarily impressive. Um, it is the first major plugin that SoulSpace has put out for Craft, um, and it follows very quickly on the heels of the same uh, plugin for Expression Engine. They just completely redid their calendar plugin for, uh, for Expression Engine 3, and took all of those improvements, and then some, and uh, turned it into a Craft plugin. Um, and it's not it's not their first plugin, but it certainly is their first big one, and it's it's very impressive. Um and of course, so this now makes three calendar plugins that are out for Craft, um, and uh, and the new SoulSpace calendar plugin is far and away the most advanced, uh, most powerful of the three. What is most impressive about it, uh, to me, is actually a bunch of features that I have been working on for my own calendar plugin. Uh, so you'll see those in in Craft calendars soon enough. Um, but it's uh, it's a cms ui like a calendar grid ui Mm. um in the cms so rather than just representing your events as scheduled parameters in an individual element you now get the control panel screens that show you the overview of all of the events in your system and lets you easily move them around and add new events and uh and tweak their parameters and stuff so for a content editor like the author experience is insanely good
1: yeah, I actually used that plugin for the, an older version of that plugin for Expression Engine on a couple of sites, um, so I'm at least somewhat familiar with it. Uh, did they do anything with uh, generating a front end calendar, or is it basically just kind of like what it was, where you just loop through and do things yourself?
0: Yeah, so very similar to how Craft calendars, if you're familiar with uh, the calendar model that that Craft calendars outputs, you, yep. you get a nice model and it has variables for the different weeks and the different days and so uh, you can very easily output your calendar in a monthly grid or a a weekly list or a you know a daily schedule their template uh, variables give you a real easy way to do that and um, another really nice thing that they did uh, that they have started doing on their expression engine plugins as well uh, is they give you a really easy way to install example templates so just one button click and all of a sudden, you have like a dozen different Twig templates that demonstrate all of the different functionality that the plugin offers. So especially if you're beginning, you're just starting to develop with this plugin, that's a really nice way to get up and running quickly. Very cool. So definitely go to soulspace.com and check out their new calendar plugin. And uh, before we run too long, I've got one more item on the list, and it is G-Up. Uh, I think that we have mentioned G-Up on the show once before but it's coming up in just under a month and I'm going to be there I'm uh, doing a talk on uh technical debt and technical investment and mm. it also is just going to be the if you go to the website uh, guphq.com I mean the speaker lineup is fantastic and the topics yeah. all just sound really really interesting um and uh and there's a solid set of of workshops as well uh luke holder is going to be there doing a a craft commerce workshop um and uh and there's some other uh craft development talent uh hanging around as well uh so it'll be a, a really good party beautiful city leiden is just like oh man it's it's like looking into a snow globe it's just so perfect and picturesque um but if you are uh over on that side of the pond for our European listeners definitely stop by G up this summer, go to G up HQ, check out the speaker lineup, get your ticket. It's going to be awesome. I am so looking forward to it. All right. I think that's it. That's what we got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a review uh, on iTunes and uh, give us some feedback. We love all feedback, but just having reviews go in really helps us uh, get the word out about this podcast. And also, if you have cool stuff that you see that we need to talk about, then shoot us an email, hello at craftpodcast.com. I'm Michael Rogg. I'm Andrew Welch. Y'all keep building stuff, and we'll keep talking about it.